0: So you went to college. Tell me, would you ever do it again though? <laughs> uh no. And the reason
1: which I assume you want to know. The reason okay. is because not because college is a scam and all this stuff. I mean, student loans are a whole thing, but uh frankly, I went to college because that's how you make something of yourself according to my parents. And then I went to grad school because I didn't have enough education to get the job that I wanted out of college. But looking back on it, I was always cut out to do something on my own. I really was – the reason I didn't have any inspiration during college is because I wasn't really doing the right things. And I studied everything I wanted too. It wasn't even that I didn't get to study what I wanted to study. It's just that I didn't know what the hell I wanted to do. Looking back on it now, what I should have done – is gone to broadcasting school and then probably learned a bunch of different skills through an apprenticeship or a trade school. Mm -hmm. Ironically, I ended up in a trade school. I went to law school. That's a trade school, despite how hoity-toity us lawyers would like to say our education is and how fancy and ivy-coated our institutions are. At the end of the day, you are going to a trade school. (laughs) Hopefully, you're learning how to do the trade of law, practicing law.
0: And for everybody tuning in, um, if you're uh, listening and you want to put a face to the name, that's Jordan Harbinger uh, you're hearing here. Check him out on jordanharbinger.com. dot com. That's uh, Harbinger H A R B I N G E R, and uh, it's definitely definitely a pleasure having you on today. Thanks. Um, so you're telling me you probably would have got into it earlier. Is that the thing? Like, do you? Well, you, I mean,
1: look who doesn't box? who doesn't say if I'd known. 20 years ago, 10 years ago, whatever, what I wanted to do, I'd be so much further ahead. Like, find me one person who doesn't say that. And then you might even find one or two people that are still doing the same thing they were 10 years ago that are pushing 40, but like, it's really tough not to. So I knew, look, 2020 hindsight, when I was eight, nine years old, I wanted to, I I tried to build an FM transmitter and I tried again when I was like 14 years old, 13 years old to do radio broadcasting from my house. And then I went to Radio Shack, which like doesn't exist anymore. And I was like, how do I get an antenna and hook it up to this thing so that it can broadcast through the whole neighborhood? And the guy was like, well, it's illegal for you to do that. You need a permit from the Federal Communications Commission, the FCC. And I was like, oh, because otherwise you're broadcasting. You don't have a license. You need a license. So I, I remember asking my mom to like figure out how much it would cost to get a license from the FCC, and she's like, "You can go to the library and find that out." And, you know, it's like even in the '80s, it's probably like I don't know, thirty grand a year or a month or whatever the hell it was, right? It was expensive, for sure. It, maybe even more. So, and also just not possible. So I was just like, "Dang." So yeah, 2020 hindsight, I always wanted to be a broadcaster. I always wanted to have my voice heard. I always wanted to talk to people and have conversations with them, but nobody was encouraging me to do that. And it's not like when well, my parents failed me, it's like, no parent is like, you should be the guy on the radio. That's like saying you yeah. should be the movie guy. You should be the news guy. And in fact, I did tell my mom, I wanted to be like Dan Rather, who you probably never heard of, but he's a famous newscaster. I, w- I wanted to be Dan Rather when I grew up and my mom told me, uh, that those guys don't make any money and they live a really hard life. And I was like, oh, and so I still what? wanted to do it. Yeah. And she kept saying that. Now, of course, I look at that and I'm like, oh, my mom just didn't want me to go to like war zones and broadcast because Dan Rather is, by all accounts, filthy, stinking rich. And so was Anderson Cooper. And so was Diane Sawyer. And so are all these other people at the top of that field. She just didn't want her kid standing in the mud in boots in Vietnam with bullets whizzing over his head. So I get it. I've made myself a promise not to lie to my kid just to get them to do what I want. Uh, although we'll see if I keep that promise. I'm sure it happens all the time.
0: So your, your mother told you she didn't want you being in, in war zones, but little that she know, you would eventually end up overseas anyway. Right. And, uh, not, not that you, not that your stories are, uh, are are crazy enough. I mean, you know, you've had some crazy things happen to you and it's probably yeah. something that you've talked about and you have talked about so many times, you know, your kidnappings and it's not something I we don't even need to talk about it here because it's been discussed sure. so many times. Yeah. So, you know, for everybody listening, um, you can definitely check out Jordan on any one of your other podcasts that you've been on, I'm sure. Yeah, exactly. I do talk about this
1: stuff all the time. on other shows, on my show all the time. Yeah.
0: So why not? Or, or, or am I predicting the future here? Are we going to see? an attorney podcast from you where you talk about all the laws and what we no uh, definitely
1: you know? not. No, no, I'm not even yeah. qualified to, to do that type of show at this point. You know, I haven't okay. practiced for 10 years.
0: Oh, you totally stopped. Like,
1: Oh yeah. It? No, I've been doing this show for 13 years. I only, and I think for 11 of them, it was my only occupation other than teaching and training and things like that. But I was, yeah. I was out of the law in
0: 2009. Uh, nothing brings you back. Huh? Not, don't miss any of it.
1: No, I mean, I, I it's funny because all the people who used to make fun of me in law school for doing a podcast, which nobody heard of, they're all like, oh man, you have it figured out. You know, the, these are the same guys and gals who used to literally just like pour drinks on my back at the bar because they're like, ah, you're going to, Screw up your career. I mean, they they weren't literally like throwing spitballs at me, but they're telling me you're going to screw up your career. You better hope nobody finds out. You know, fast forward three years later, half of them are like, "Man, this isn't even three years now. This is three years after law school." Man, you got it figured out. You left big law. You got a check, and you know now I'm stuck in this damn law firm. And fast forward to now, most of them aren't even lawyers. The ones that are, are like, man, I look at you on social media, and you're sitting here with Kobe Bryant, and then you're sitting here with. Uh, this general or this admiral. Now you're sitting here with the scientist and oh man, I saw you hanging out with my favorite fill in the blank. And I'm just like, yeah, keep on doing contracts for whoever. And it's not that being a lawyer is bad. It's just that you hear, I often hear my friends say things like, dude, the highest point, the highlight of my year was doing a deal between Cartier and uh, Gucci for licensing. And I'm just like, when you're claimed to fame for the whole year, Is that you were in the room when this brand that you kind of care about signed a deal with another brand? You're so far away from the action that you just might as well not even be involved at all. You know, like if you really enjoy it, that's one thing more power to you. And I'm not saying being a lawyer is bad at all. I'm just saying that when you sign up for that, because that's as close as you think you can get to the action. It's kind of sad. It's kind of a waste of potential. You know, if you're, I get it. If you're not an athlete, you become a sports agent. That's yeah. different, right? It's a different line of work. But if you decide not to join a business because you're going to get a law degree because it's a guaranteed check, but really what you want to do is be selling the art, not creating the contract for the person who buys it, you kind of screwed up and you, screwed, you sold yourself out, right? You sold yourself short, really, because- but-
0: what if you're not, what if you're not capable of going that route? You know, it's not that easy. I,
1: but that's, that's what I'm saying is like, I think a lot of people bear in mind, like I, I went to a law school that was uh, one of the top 10 best in air quotes, law schools in the United States. Okay, and it's not because I'm smart or anything, there's a story behind that too, but a lot of my friends, you know, they go and they clerk for federal judges, they're, they're extremely wealthy, they do this, that and the other thing. These are some of the most capable people America has to offer, they didn't have to become lawyers, they chose it because it was safer than trying something else. And I think that, that what's different about me was I was too dumb Uh, to succeed as a damn attorney and so I taking a risk of doing something else didn't seem that risky for me so my friends of course my colleagues at law school they look at this and they go man you're so risk tolerant you really figured this out good for you they weren't thinking and what they didn't know was I was thinking this isn't me jumping out on a limb this is me being ignorant of the potential consequences and realizing hell I'm gonna get fired from this law firm anyway because I'm the least qualified person in the room. So of course I left. I left because it's yeah. better than getting kicked out on your ass. And so I left to do something that I was already doing in law school, which was the, the podcast, and that just happened to be luck. And the fact that I succeeded in this area is much more due to persistence than due to any sort of natural talents that I have. I mean, if you listen to early recordings that I've done, if if you listen to recordings from five years ago, forget 13 years ago, if you listen to recordings from five years ago, I have no business being in this business. Now I'm a broadcaster. Now I can hold my own with some of the best uh, interviewers, you know, around. Um, But that's the result of 13 years of being too damn stubborn to quit, not from any sort of natural talent that I've got because uh, I would argue I don't really have that.
0: What made you too stubborn to quit though? Like were you making some money on the side from it or I mean making it as a hobby, making money on
1: the side, uh, enjoying something in a certain way for the first time in my life, you know, feeling a passion for something that I really hadn't felt for anything before, mm-hmm. especially law you know i was really interested in body language persuasion influence uh, things like that and i got to talk about it all day and now i'm less inf- i'm less interested now in body language nonverbal communication persuasion and influence and i'm more interested in interviewing amazing people and thankfully i'd spent 10 years thinking about influence persuasion and body language and doing podcasts about that so when i decided to pivot to interviewing amazing folks all i had to do was take an existing set of skills that i had and Aim the cannon at a different target. And it, it's it, so it wasn't that tricky, but everyone will look at my show now and be like, man, look at you. And it's like, well, yeah, I'm in year 13. You know, it's
0: Did that's you like a long a, time. You're like that alum now, man. You're like that. You're, you're like that player that's been around. You're like, you're like Colby, I guess, since you recently had him on your show that's been around for 13 years and yet he's still only. He was only like 30 years old at the time because he yeah, just I mean, started it's, off uh, early. I
1: guess early. OG is what the, all the, the like dorks in podcasting are using as a term, and I, I'm fine with that. OG podcaster. You know, people who've been around for a long time in podcasting, I was there when they got there. So you're know? the real
0: OG. The
1: yeah, real OG. I guess so, a.k.a. the biggest nerd in the room because I found something nobody even knew existed now happens to be popular 13 years later. I mean, I probably could have started somewhere else and gotten into this. You know, if I were, if I had a shred of talent, I would have been
0: on the radio back then. And are you, but are you sold on it? You know, I mean, you've been doing it for 13 years. Obviously everybody's trying to do a podcast now at this point in time, it seems like. Yeah, everybody is. You think this will continue this trend? Are you all in on it? I am, but I'm what, what, what's great. What's great for me is
1: podcasting is hard and everybody quits. So Mm -hmm. The trend of podcasting growing is going to continue, but the competition is going to be one in a, a thousand people who start a show is going to going to succeed. Everybody else just brings new people into the marketplace. So you see a podcast with Will Farrell. he comes in, he does a, a job, brings a bunch of people in, then goes, am eh, you going to go make a movie? Those people are still listening to shows. Mm-hmm. So my market is increasing and all the money from advertising shifts from other digital areas or from radio into podcasting as that grows. So every year my revenue goes up quite a bit. I mean, we're talking like double digit percentage growth of just my personal, my business's revenue each year. That's awesome. Most businesses would kill to have a one to 5% increase. I mean, we're talking like 10 times that year on year on year. And it's the be. it's just the beginning. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people will lose when the podcasting bubble pops, but not the top 1%. We're going to kill it. You know, we're going to kill soon? it. I don't think the bubble's soon. No, I think the bubble's in the next couple of years. Um, but it won't there's affect a me.
0: Podca- There's a ton of podcasts that are very similar at this point in time, right? Yeah, say.
1: those those guys are screwed. Yeah, those guys are screwed. You're, you're going to end up with people going, wow, I only have five hours a week on my commute to listen to a show. I'm not going to listen to the guy who sits in his laundry room with his brother and drinks Schlitz beer and talks about hockey. It's not gonna happen. They're gonna switch to a higher production quality. Uh, They're gonna switch to somebody who really knows how to keep their attention, right? Mm -hmm. That's why I I would say that I don't think we're recession-proof or anything, but I think in the attention economy, I, I will say this. YouTube used to be watch me on my webcam, right? I'm gonna talk. Yeah. Now, what is it? It's like short films and people spend it. dozens of hours on their videos. And the vloggers that are popular, they're popular for a certain reason with a certain audience. But like, there's a lot of high quality stuff on YouTube. Podcasting used to be like, hey, what's up? Oh, I'm in my car recording on my tape recorder. Okay. That's and how I started. <laughs> That's how everybody started back in the day. Now it's like, hey, we're three super well-known celebrities in a recording studio in Times Square and this is all scripted and we have voiceover artists and foley sound engineers and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Like that production quality goes up. And as the bar gets raised, all the hosts that can't hang, they just get screwed, which is fine because I'm I'm always growing. I am always improving my craft and there's Mm -hmm. always going to be room for an interview talk show. It's just, yeah, they're not going to listen to the guy who is doing it from his freaking laundry room like we were saying before they're not going to listen to like just two girls talking about sex and relationships it's like you and 50 other shows what do you do that's different oh you're funny okay well so are the other 38 out of that selection so for me it's about getting great guests having great conversations and doing it better than anyone else and that requires constantly leveling your game up there's no way i can just sit back and go i'm good at this now peace Nobody goes to the gym and says, well, I'm not going to the gym anymore. I'm in shape as of today. We're done, right? You have to keep going. You have to keep getting better. And that's what the media landscape mm-hmm. looks like. And I've, I'm have i 39. I've got 30 more years before I become an irrelevant old crust, hopefully, right? Hey,
0: no, I mean, this day and age, we, we got to 100. 100. I mean, I would say, I mean, I'm, I might not die at 69 yeah. <laughs> years
1: old. I just might not be like what anybody gives a crap about at that point. Mm-hmm. Who knows though? Maybe 74 year olds and 65 year olds are going to be like that. Jordan guy's been a mainstay in my hey, life. Man. I'll take I mean, it. Dude,
0: maybe dad's on podcasting. He blows up even
1: more. I mean, who knows? You, you never know. I mean, look, that's another thing with podcasting. You need about what? Uh, 10, 20 thousand listeners to make any sort of living a hundred thousand to make a great living that frankly, none of us deserve. I've got 242,000 downloads per episode. I can record three conversations a week and this is a multi-million-dollar business. You know, even pretty if straight. my income, pretty Yeah. Straight. If my income gets cut in half, I'm not taking a lifestyle hit at all. I don't have a fucking yacht. Whoops. I don't know if I can say that. Yeah. You not, go. You're good. You know, I'm not going to, it doesn't make a difference. I'm going to have a couple kids. I have one now. Uh, that's fine. I probably need like 110, 150 since I live in freaking California to make a great living for myself. So making 10 times that,
0: I think I'll survive, especially doing something that doesn't feel like work. And um, I guess maybe I should take a note here because I do one of my studios that I'm recording in right now is actually in my fiance's mom's basement.
1: Well, at least it's so. not the laundry room. No, I mean, but it doesn't, it doesn't matter, right? Like, look, I've got a freaking piece of white paper behind me. Who cares? Mm-hmm. The point is we're on high-quality microphones. Nobody has to worry about the quality. We have consistently good – theoretically, we have consistently good conversation that's educational, keeps people engaged. We're, we're thinking about – I mean, that's really the core of it, right, is, is, is my charming good looks and the fact that I keep blowing my nose and everyone can relate to hey, that. Hey, man,
0: I mean, it's real. At the end of the day, it's real content. Um, it's something that, you know, we're not, we're not fully taking things out. We want to make sure people know what's going on, what's real. And it's a real conversation that we're having. Yeah. We were just sipping actual coffee, which cheers.
1: Yes. Cheers. Exactly. (laughs) I'm sipping tea because if I don't, I'm going to dry up like a prune.
0: And, uh, but, but, but kind of getting to where you're at, there had to be someone that played an influence, right? Like there, was there a show you listened to someone you really listened to growing up?
1: Um, You know what? Not really. I found that a lot of radio was actually really disappointing. You know, I would listen to music and I was like, they just keep playing the same songs. This is super annoying. So I would tape, like many kids, I would tape songs off the radio. And then once the internet was around and I found MP3s, I I got to that stuff in high school. Most people didn't. And I did this thing where I would say, when I was in high school, and this is before MP3s were really much of a thing. This is like 1995. 596 what I did is I said hey if you have a favorite cd I'll copy it for your friends and they'd be like great uh, and then so I'd have the friend pay so I bought a cd burner I got or I got one for Christmas something like that and so what I did is I said give me the cd and I'll bring it back to you tomorrow and so I would copy the cd to a hard drive or, or at the time I think to another cd so I'd have a master of that and then I would get another CD the next, day the next day and the next day and the next day and the next day. And I you know, two or three CDs a day. I eventually had every cool song that anybody had and there were kids, certain kids had like the CD, the day it came out, they'd go to the music store and get it. And then I'd go make a copy of it and then I'd ride my bike over to their house or they'd, you know, they'd come and get it. So it was really easy for me to have all that stuff. And then somebody would go, Hey Jordan, I, I got known as the kid who could get anything. So it was like, Hey Jordan, I want a copy of the bootleg Dave Matthews live. And then I want another mix CD with like cake and the transformer, this, and then this other track and then Snoop Dogg. So I would say, great, make me a track list. I'd go home, get what I got, call the person up, tell them what I had, quote a price, you know, 25 bucks or something like that for all those. They didn't have to go to the music store. I'd burn the CD and hand it to them and they'd be like, sweet. I now have a CD I can play in my car that has, Snoop Dogg and Cake and Beastie Boys and Dave Matthews band. And that did not exist. Nobody had the ability to make a custom CD playlist at that point in time unless they had like a 12 CD changer and then you had to wait for the damn thing to change. I was making custom playlists. This is like the Spotify 20 years before Spotify, right? Like more than 20. So I'm making this for my high school friends and I'm printing money. At this point, what was the original question? I'm just on a rant right you know, now.
0: No, I was. Yeah. I mean, so is that how you got eventually into podcasting? Because it was a new, fresh thing. Right. Like, I remember Bang. the
1: question. Sorry. NyQuil is kicking my butt today. Um, what happened was I was so sick of not having any sort of real ability to create custom playlists. And I, I got sick of the radio playing the same thing. And I remember when I he- would hear talk shows at night, because th- that's when like Loveline was on, Dr. Drew and Adam Carolla. I would listen to them and I was like, this is so interesting. Why isn't there more stuff like this? And now I work with Dr. Drew and Adam Carolla all the time on Adam and Drew, the Adam Carolla show, whatever it is. I'm a regular on both of those. And so I see, and I realize, oh, it's because it's really hard to have an entertaining conversation on a consistent basis. No wonder it's hard doing what they do is very difficult. That's why there weren't more radio talk shows because it's actually quite hard to do. So it's a real skill that people still value. Howard Stern is probably one of the best interviewers around, but in the nineties, I found him totally insufferable because all he did was make fun of people and scream and yeah. yell and make stupid yeah. fart jokes.
0: So yeah, actually that's how my producer was like, Oh yeah, I, I definitely seen Jordan Harbinger on, uh, on Adam Carolla's show and, Yeah, and uh, being you listening to love line. I kind of thought you were going to say that I, I was just kind of actually hoping how it feel eventually being on, you know, a show with him. Like, how did it feel after listening to someone um, like that? You know,
1: it's funny because everyone's like, wow, that must have been a real sort of turning point moment in your life. Only, again, only in hindsight. I wasn't going in there like, oh my God, I used to listen to these guys and now I'm in studio with them. I, I, I don't want to do that to myself and get nervous. But afterwards, I certainly left and went, wow, I was just a guest Which on a show that I've been listening to happened, right? for like 10 years. And high- Like, the reason I know how birds and bees work and about all kinds of crazy STDs and everything that I did about relationships and all these things that I know about relationships are are literally because Dr. Drew said it at a certain time. And like a lot of my sense of humor is, I'll say something and I'll go, where did I learn to talk like that? And the answer is Adam Carolla in 1994, you know, or, or whatever it was. And so that kind of thing really shaped my personality and it's funny to be in a studio with them now, and they're like, oh, hey, Jordan, what's going on? Are you coming to the show on Friday? And I'm like, I can't believe Adam Carolla is like asking me if I want to go up and be on a stage with him on Friday. And I'm sitting here having you cool. know, dinner with Dr. Drew, having a beer or something you know, in their studio. It's just, it, it is a little bit surreal. But I also... I think at some point when you've worked your ass off or something, you don't go in and go like, Oh my God, what's going on? You go in and you go, Oh my God, finally. Okay. I'm not a fricking imposter. Maybe there's some truth to the, f- maybe I have a future in this business. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm not a waste of, of people's time. You know, like you go through that when you start off anything, especially some sort of creative pursuit, you know, you unless you're an arrogant prick, you, probably really don't think you're supposed to be in the room. That's kind of how it works.
0: And like, so with that part, you know, comes comedy, but you've always done a lot of, you know, serious things. And you talked a lot about entrepreneurship. Um, where, do you like the mix? Do you like being able to, you know, do some of both? Um, do do some of both of what? Sorry, I'm a little unclear on that. Uh, Like since you know, you kind of get the best of both worlds, you know, you're not with the whole rebrand of your show as well. Like, do you like that freedom instead of just speaking, you know, entrepreneurship and mindset and mindset? Oh yeah, like sure. Show, yeah. For example.
1: Yeah. My old show I was very limited by what my business partners wanted me to do. And honestly it was my face, my voice. I did all the work. So it was kind of like, well, what am I supposed to do here? Talk about what these yutzes want me to talk about? I'm not going to do that. So now I can talk about anything that I want. I don't have a show that's supposed to be about my, uh, businesses or dating or any of that garbage mm-hmm. like I was doing before. I can do whatever I want so I can grow the hell up. I can grow the brand up a little. So now when I've got an author on the show and it's you know Robert Green, I can go in depth for an hour and a half. I can talk to Ryan Holiday for an hour. I can talk to Ben Horowitz from Andreessen Horowitz about anything that I want. I can talk to General Robert Spaulding about the rise of China. So I don't have to sit around and be beholden to, you know, before we were shilling coaching and products and now I don't have to do that. I just can rely on advertising income. I can do live shows, things like that. So it's much more freeing as a creator, as an artist, and then put that that in quotes because I feel like it's a self-important thing to say. Right.
0: But you... Why did you go with your own name? Like, why didn't you do another, you know? I would have loved oh, to so. have come up
1: with a clever name, but candidly I'm not good at naming things. And so I, and also I needed something that was open enough that it could be flexible and grow with me. Cause my old show, mm-hmm. you know, I had a name that was very clearly one thing and it's like, yep. well, crap. Now I've got to do that or I've got to overcome that. So if I name my show, The Live Your Best Life show, like, first of all, that's a shit name, but let's assume that it's not a shit name. Then what happens when I'm talking about the rise of China or somebody who got kidnapped by ISIS in Syria? Is that Live Your Best Life? Like, where does that fit in? So now I'm fighting that branding. And then in 10 years, what if I decide to focus on blockchain and invest? I mean, who knows where my, I'm not going to go there, but like, let's assume that I focus on that in 10 years. Then what? I got the Live Your Best Life show and it's about freaking Bitcoin and you know, politics in Africa. I mean, that's just so limiting. If I pick my own name, anybody who's looking for me, which is apparently a lot, according to Google trends, they can find me really easily. Uh, it helps me trademark that. And you know, if I had a really clever, like, look, if I had a really clever show name, I would have used that. I look at, I look at show names that NPR comes up with and I'm like, damn, that's good. You know, like sound opinions. I'm like, Oh, that's so good. You know, I want that. Or, um, so, man, there's so many good ones that they come up with. So it wasn't like there? strictly
0: marketing like that. You no, wanted- no.
1: It, it was like, in fact, I had broken with my last company so mm-hmm. quickly that I was like, oh crap, I need to come up with a new show name like now. And I had like a week and I went, you know what? Let's not dick around with this. I don't have time to come up with a really cool name like Armchair Expert or something like that. I wasn't kicking around a name in my head for the last few years. Uh, You know, I I just wasn't, I didn't have anything like that. And so I didn't have something I could fall back on right away. And that really, 2020 hindsight, yeah, I should have thought 10 years ago, I should have started thinking about what my brand is and come up with a, a couple of really good good names but you know i didn't do that and so I, I was stuck with my name i don't think that there i don't want to pretend like there's some kind of like really good story behind it there just isn't and there <laughs> never was and is it pretty cool
0: to be able to work with your wife now like
1: it is cool to be able to work with my wife it makes us both a lot more flexible mm-hmm. and it makes us both a lot happier cuz she used to be an accountant and it was kind of like well oh, crap yeah you know?
0: i can relate to that <laughs>
1: Well, the problem with that really was she would, she would, you know, I worked years and years and years and years and years. And then finally I'd be like, I can do whatever I want. We're self-employed. This is amazing. I can go and do whatever. We're super, super flexible. And then she'd go, let me ask my, I go, let's go to New York this weekend. And she'd go, let me ask my boss. I don't think I have any time off Mm -hmm. left. And I'm thinking,
0: what the hell
1: am I doing here? I worked my ass off for, at the time, I don't know, 10 years, 11, I don't know what, 9, 10 years. I'm working my ass off for this. And now I've got to ask your boss if you can leave, if we can go have fun. So once I needed a new assistant because the other one had done something stupid, I was just like, well, I'm going to hire my wife temporarily. And it just turned out to be amazing. you know Because now, of course, we can go and do whatever we want. We can travel wherever we want. And that that, that makes for a great life.
0: That's pretty awesome. And now... Um, it's going to be on to our listeners' favorite segment of the show. Mm -hmm.
1: Welcome to the round with no name because they're all taken. So
0: you survived part one, part two. It's a real quick part. My producer, Steve, he always comes to my house and he always happens to be here. He like knows when I interview somehow, but he lurks around in the background and we, the rules are, they're, they're very, they're simple. You get five seconds to answer a question. We don't want you thinking too much about it. Just throw the best answer out there that first comes up to your mind, in your mind. Without further ado, what is your favorite book? Um, maybe Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink. You know, it's one
1: of my favorite books. Do you want me to say why or you just want the title?
0: Just want the title. Okay, there you go. Favorite movie? Swing Kids. Favorite sport? Oh, man. <laughs> None. None. That's a good answer, right? If you don't wanna if you don't wanna say any. Yeah. Um if there is one interview that you have done in the past, uh someone that you were interviewing, who is the person that was you were most nervous for?
1: Nervous? Ooh. Yeah. Um good question. I don't really have pre-show j I have pre-show jitters about is my videographer going to screw this up or show up on time? I don't have jitters. Like, I hope they like me because I'm not in it for that. I'm not making friends with my guests. So
0: even, even early on. No, no, not really.
1: I mean, early on, probably I had a different mindset towards it, but I don't think I was nervous because everything was on Skype. Now it's all in person, you know? So I, I get more nervous about logistics, like crap, we have the wrong address and I've got Kobe Bryant in 20 minutes. How the hell are we going to find the office? That happened? Not, Yeah, that happened. Uh Not like, you know, oh my God, I hope he likes me. I mean, I'm not going over for Thanksgiving dinner. You know what I'm saying? So I I don't worry about that. It's more like where the hell is Mark? Where's Mark? He's got the memory cards, you know, that kind of shit.
0: So say you're about to be stranded on an island and Mm. this might happen and you could only bring one item with you. What would it be? It can't be a person.
1: Mm, can I have like my audio books on my phone or is it like your phone runs on a battery and now you're bored?
0: Yeah. You'll have a solar panel battery with it sure. or something.
1: Yeah. I'm just going to bring my freaking
0: And your audible. Apps. Yeah. Right. And uh, say you had an unlimited amount of money. You could start up any business you wanted, but it can't be yours. What would it be? Mm. Yeah. And good question. Let's just say it's not like, not like unlimited, but you know, cap yourself at like, a hundred mil. So you can't just like go crazy, but something you put some thought into. Yeah. I mean, I would
1: probably just do something where I, I guess I can't do the same thing. So I would probably have a situation in which I'm doing, I guess if I can't interview people, I mean, I don't know. Uh, You know, I'd probably do some sort of instructional video thing like masterclass, except I'm getting right. more people since I have a hundred million dollars. I can, I can just have everybody yeah. do one of those. I don't have to
0: beg people to share it and spend money on mm-hmm. ads. Oh man, we got a stumper on this one, huh? Mm-hmm. It's a boss to boss exclusive with Jordan Harbinger. <laughs> how do you, uh, how do you drink your coffee? Uh,
1: black or with oat milk.
0: Okay. It's mm-hmm. a pretty solid combo. Um, What is the one item every day you consume? Might be something you eat, drink, or you just wear it on you, but you can't go a day without it.
1: Eat, drink, or wear it on me? Uh, Let's see. Let me look around. I mean, every day I make 10,000 steps, so I guess I need my Apple Watch, but that's really all it's good for. Otherwise, it just tells the time, which my phone does too, so I don't care. Yeah. You know, I'm a pretty simple guy, man. I need my walking shoes and I need my headphones. You know what? My noise canceling headphones are the shit. Those are awesome. The Sonys.
0: You, you, like, you like separating yourself from the world?
1: Yeah, in I don't need sounds? the world. I don't need the world. It's a bunch of noise. I want to filter what comes into this brain of mine. It's already barely functioning.
0: And last but not least, say uh, I flew in and I was like, Jordan, we got, we got a meeting. I'm going to show you how I can help you make millions millions and i walk in with my good old socks and sandals how, how seriously would you take me
1: i would not take you seriously at all i'd be like how did you get in here with socks and sandals
0: ah seriously
1: yeah no socks and sandals what are you thinking
0: not allowed if i had the no. million dollar idea for you
1: i don't need ideas i need execution i don't need ideas i got ideas
0: i would have showed you how to <laughs> mm,
1: my loss but your poor presentation oh man
0: that 's good that 's good that 's noted now, just in case you know i 'm going to know to bring you hot coffee with oat milk possibly that's and
1: right
0: wear normal
1: shoes normal yeah type. wear normal shoes
0: man don't <laughs> don 't bring
1: me that garbage
0: all right man well, you survived i survived. i did not have to deal with my producer at all. he did not come out, so that's good thank you um last but not least, you know I want to thank you for being on the show and everybody be sure to find Jordan harbinger on his website jordan harbinger um, his podcast is also called the Jordan Harbinger Show uh, podcast, and you know his Facebook, Instagram, you name it, everything you can find through the website. And uh, yeah, last but not least, for for the people that are that are listening, you know, a lot of people were struggling like I was in that cubicle. You know, desperate. I, mean, I was I was suicidal. You know, I I didn't know what else to do with my life. What would you tell that person now? That's kind of debating: do they go go all in, or or if they what don't? do you? Sorry, what's the question? Uh, someone that's sitting in a cubicle, you know, miserable, whether they go all in on entrepreneurship, this kind of lifestyle, um, or they don't. Is no,
1: don't them? never go all in. You're just adding stress to your life. You should only go a little bit at a time, start something and tweak the idea. You should never quit any sort of stable source of income until you can't scale what you're doing now without more time. People quit all the time. And then they just add stress to their life and they're like, oh man, I'm all in because they want to tell people they quit their job and they're doing some entrepreneurial venture. That's ridiculous. You should start small, scale up, outsource as much as possible and hire. And then only when you're limited by the amount that you can do and your Mm -hmm. business is limited by that should you quit your day job or if you're making enough to completely replace your day job income and you hate your day job, should you, should you leave? You should never, all this like go all in is, is terrible yeah. advice. It's terrible advice propagated by, you know, YouTubers
0: primarily. That's, that's a, that's a very common answer actually. So you, 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 definitely had a twist on it. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of listeners will appreciate that. I'm well, glad Jordan, to hear that. Thank you so much. definitely been a pleasure having you on and looking forward to uh, seeing what the next five, 10, 20 years bring.
1: Thank you very much, man. I appreciate it. That is all for this episode of Bossed to Boss. Your next step is to visit BossedToBoss.com, where you will find proven techniques followed by professionals to help you make that next step. Again, that is Bossed, the number two, boss.com. And remember, the time is now.